Welcome to the WP Tonic Podcast, brought to you by WPTonic.com, a WordPress maintenance and support service for business owners. We talk to the leaders in WordPress, business, and online marketing communities, bringing you insights on how to grow your business and achieve success. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Show. It's episode 335. That's right, folks, 335 episodes of this. And you've stuck with me, my blessed audience. And um, we've got a great guest here. We've got Sagi Schreiber. Um, Sagi, would you like to quickly introduce yourself to the listeners and viewers? Yeah, sure. So thank you so much for having me, guys. Um, and I am a designer and entrepreneur, originally from Israel. Right now, specifically, I'm at Columbus, Ohio, about to attend the Summit of Greatness by Lewis House. Uh, so I'm here in the U.S. and it's really fun. And yeah, but uh, originally from Israel, have a blog, uh, have actually a couple of them. Um, and that's what we're probably going to talk about. That's great. And I've got my great co-host, Cindy Nicholson. Would you like to introduce yourself quickly, Cindy? Sure. Hello, everyone. It's Cindy Nicholson from thecoursewhisper.com, and I help entrepreneurs that want to create awesome online courses. And before we go into our great conversation with Sagi, um, I want to mention one of our great sponsors, and that's WP Fusion. And what is WP Fusion? Well, it enables you your two major powerhouses of your tech stack. I, your WordPress website, that's host, which um, you should be using for your membership site, and your CRM. And basically, it enables you to communicate really easy with all, almost 40 different CRM systems with your WordPress website. And if you've got a membership site or an e-commerce site, you can do amazing things with automating all your emails, engagement. It just does a host of different things, which I would have to spend too long explaining. You basically need to go to their website and learn a lot more. And also they offer us a unique deal. And basically, if you go to their website, WP Fusion, and you use the coupon code WP tonic or uppercase one word you'll get 25% of any of their packages and that's only for the WP tonic listeners and viewers and you find links and um, more information on the on the WP tonic website so Sagi, um, as you mentioned in previous interviews that I've listened um, you're a designer um, a very good one um, but you, you got into a little bit of difficulties. Um, maybe you can describe um, what happened and how you got out of those difficulties. What do you think, Sagi? Is that a good start for the conversation? Sure, sure. Um, yeah, I, I bet like, um, like, you know, the difficulties were, were led by decisions that I made, right? Um, we all make our own lives, our own problems. Um, but just going back, like I, I, I came up as a designer. I came up as a designer. Always had this kind of like um, I was usually independent. I had startups on my own. Uh, if you know Fiverr.com, I was the first designer at Fiverr.com, um, and yeah, I was the first lead designer. And they brought me in when like as the first hire, the design hire. And um, and after that, I had startups on my own. Uh, did the whole Silicon Valley thing. Got accepted to an accelerator there. Uh, we came back with 
a different startup at all. And, and we uh, eventually got acquired by a company called Similar Web. So um, when they acquired us, uh, we went and worked over there. By that time, I had already two blogs. Um, I just launched the second blog. I had one in Israel. It's uh, Israel's most popular design blog. And I just launched an international design blog when we joined Similar Web. And that grew as a side project. We monetized it from the get-go. It grew. Um, and by two and a half years, um, I found myself with a side project making $66,000 on the side um, in a year revenue. And then I also had my day job and two kids, mortgage, like everything, uh, the whole deal. And then um, my partner and I in this blog, we said, what if we leave our day job and do Hacking UI, the, the design blog, full-time? Um, and we said, okay, that, that might work because if we made 66K, then maybe if we leave and do it full-time, we'll make 200K. That's a salary for two people. So we did that. We left, um, we left, we left our day jobs. Uh, we kept on going. We had a podcast. We had a newsletter. We interviewed amazing people like the founder of WordPress. We interviewed Matt Mullenweg. Um, we interviewed um, amazing entrepreneurs, amazing designers, um, creative directors from Airbnb, Facebook. Like we had a, very, a lot of great content going on. But the cash flow was a problem, <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, and th- that was the time when I launched when we launched our first online course. Like that was my first online course. As soon as I left my day job, I launched my first online course, and um, I called it the Side Project Accelerator. It was an online program. Uh, we built it on top of WordPress, um, and uh, it was like basically teaching people how to build their day job or uh, their side projects. Uh, while having a day job, um, because that's what we did, and we left our day job. So we said, you know, it might be a great inspiration for others, and we can teach others how to do that as well. Um, and and that was okay, but again, it didn't bring in enough money for both of us, especially me. With like, you know, I was I was a father, two kids, a mortgage. I had no savings when I left my day job um, because I just bought an apartment like a year before, and uh, my wife was not working. Another decision that we made. Um, so at the time. And I got, I found myself like in one point, one point, like my partner and I, we took the business to different directions. And um, I had to also, in order to keep my business, we were like in six months of not making any money. Like, no, like we couldn't pull a single dime out of the business. So we had six months of like no money. And when you have six months of no money and your father with two little kids, um, it was, it was hard and I took a loan up on myself um, and it was a major loan and I found myself wasting that loan in about three months and found myself in, that was back then it was like about 40K in debt. Uh, just like found myself like 40K in debt, did not know any in any way how to make my next paycheck because I still didn't have, I was like in half a year of not making one dime um, and I didn't know how I'm going to make my next move and my next, like my next dollar. And, um, and when it came really, it, it came to a really bad situation. I was just like, you know, like, what am I going to do? How am I going to make yeah, money? I just want to ask a quick follow through question here because, um, before I seemed to ask her, her question is that, um, you know, it was profitable. Yeah. You, know, you had a partner and it was doing 60. What, what led to those six months where you were saying you weren't making any money? Was it that you fell out with your partner or was there some external reason that suddenly hit that revenue revenue generation? Yeah. So um, first of all, 
66K divided by two is 33. And um, I cannot live on 33 a year. Um, that's not what I can do. Um, the, the business was, well, we, we, at the beginning we had money since we, you know, this was our side project. But once it was full time, we had no salary income coming in. Um, you know, we needed to, we, we started having problems and, and, you know, we wasted that money and we also try to focus on different directions. I mean, launching that online course, launching a course takes time. Um, you guys know, I mean, uh, we didn't know. We, we were like, let's, let's, let, let, let's launch an online course. We didn't know it's going to take us, you know, two months to prepare the launch. And then when we launched, it's going to take us another two months to put together all the classes, script it out, um, and then record it all and then edit and then push it and then, you know, have the, the, the sessions with our people and, um, it will, it took a lot of time. We couldn't focus on anything else. And then at the time we were like, uh, there was, a, there was this kind of idea where to take our, our, um, our business. And it's something that um, my partner worked on. I kept working on the content. He started working on, um, something that's like a mix of software and, and service for companies. Um, and, and that just didn't go well. I mean, it, it, at least at the beginning, you know, we made nothing. Uh, we run it also in a salesman. Uh, we had to pay him as well. Um, like things were looking well for a business that's, you know, bootstrapped, but it was looking well for a business that's bootstrapped that maybe in two years will be profitable. Um, yeah, and was, I didn't have that time. I've got the yeah. picture. Thanks for that, Saiki. Cindy, yeah. I've got your question. So, so I'm assuming you're, you'll let us know how you think you turn you know, you turn things around, but I, I'm just, I always am amazed by these stories where people struggle, you know, as you say, two kids, no other income. How, how do you mentally like keep going? Like how, what was that whole mental process to keep you from just going back to your other job? Like how did you keep going is really um, what, uh, what I'm wondering. I think it's a great question. And thank you for asking that. I think um, this is, something that not a lot of people understand. Um, a lot of people that have, that want to make a major leap in their lives, um, they look at the risk and they're like, oh my God, there's so much risk. And something that um, I look at, and I also talking with a lot of amazing entrepreneurs, I see they look at that as well. It's like, what's your safety net? And what's the worst case scenario? I mean, we tend to think that if we go broke, we'll probably end up in the street, like with no money, with no apartment, with no... And that's not really true. I mean, in our Western world, you know, like, I mean, I'm in Israel, it's kind of like the U.S. in terms of like, you know, uh, laws and stuff. I mean, it doesn't work that way. I mean, where else can, um, you know, a young family be with one parent not working and the other one an entrepreneur looking for himself in the world, you know? It's like, it's, it's a privilege in a way. And, um, and I was looking at that, I was saying, okay, like, I know the situation is bad, but I am committed to my success with this. I, I just didn't have a, a plan like, you know, to carry out on. And, um, and the thing is that I said, I can always go back to have my day job. I was in my prime, like, you know, a, a very successful designer with the background of like, you know, directing design at a, at a company with 350 employees. I raised a team of seven people. I, you know, I, I really made, a lot of progress. So I knew that any, almost any company would want to work with me if I want to go back to being a, an employee. Um, so my safety net was that. I would say, you know, I'll just get a day job, worst case scenario. Um, taking that loan was a big risk as well. I was like, well, I know my partner, my partner, um, we didn't take the, the loan on the business. Um, 
it's like you know personal matters like he he had his money like he was good i was not good so i detected on myself and i was like you know i'm committed to this like i want to be a good partner and i want to be um a, a real entrepreneur right real entrepreneurs go all the way like that was the kind of feeling i had um and that was what was portrayed by the surroundings i mean israeli startup nation people just go you know like startups fail all the time i didn't want mine to fail i was like I know I can make it. I know I can build a successful business. But so, I, you know, I said, okay, I'm, I'm taking this loan. Worst comes to worst. If, you know, I know I'm going to waste this loan in three months. I knew it. I knew it's going to only last for me for three months. And if I don't make any income by then, I need to stop everything and reconsider what's my next move. And I got to that point, that worst moment. And that worst moment was, it was bad. Like, you know, I'm not going to lie. It was not really fun. Um, but saying what happened, seeing now what happened after that was, you know, just, this was a lesson to be learned. And, um, I hope, I hope I learned that lesson. <laughs> um, so we, you know, I just, yeah, it's just like the safety net is the thing that I think really with mindset can, can help because I thought to myself, like people, anybody listening to this right now, some people have a vision of working for themselves. Like, I want to ask you guys, like, really what, if you had a chance to work for yourself, like really a, a pure chance of like making it work, working for yourself and not only working for yourself, but also influencing others in a good way, would you take that chance? Do you own it to your people to take that chance? And I said to myself, like I own it to my people, I own it to myself um, and I'm, I'm going to make it work. That's what I said. Um, and I said, what's going to work? Safety net. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's true. And, you know, knowing that you have the skill set, a marketable skill set kind of gives you that peace of mind as well. Meaning that you can go back to a job sort of thing. Um, yeah. If it doesn't go through for you. Yeah. That's great. We're going to go for our break, folks. And when we come back, we'll be continuing this great discussion. Be back in a few moments, folks. Do you want to spend more time making money online? Then use WP Tonic as your trusted WordPress developer partner. They will keep your WordPress website secure and up to date so you can concentrate on the things that make you money. Examples of WP Tonic's client services are landing pages, page layouts, widgets, updates, and modifications. WP Tonic is well known and trusted in the WordPress community. They stand behind their work with full, no question asked, 30 day money back guarantee. So don't delay. Sign up with WP Tonic today. That's wp-tonic.com. Just like the podcast. We're coming back, folks. We've had a great discussion with Sagi Schreiber. Um, another part, you know, before we go on to our second main subject, is which is about building community, another part of your interviews that stuck in my mind, when you... When, you got to this stage where you've burnt through most of your um, loan is that you decided to um, sign up for mentorship. You, um, you got a mentor, a rather expensive mentor, um, but which I thought was either really crazy or, or really unusually brave, maybe a bit of both. I don't know, but it, um, I think you said in your previous con. Uh, conversations it was a major turning point would you like to have a um, you know describe that out in a little bit more detail Sagi yeah sure so so I remember one night um, and that was just like two weeks before the credit cards went down and um, and and all the payments and bills 
And I knew I'm going to go down under, like in a way that I can't even pull money from the bank um, and, and pay for my children's food. Like that was really a situation. And my calculations were running through my mind all the time, like, you know, trying to figure out how am I going to make my next dollar? What's my next move? And um, I remember I was just like walking the dog at night, just like I have a dog, I'm walking every night. And I was like walking with him in the middle of the night, everything was pitch black. And I'm just like, walking just in the middle of the field near my house and just like thinking, you know, just like I'm not seeing anything, everything's black and I'm just like calculations going through my mind and I just couldn't make it work. It just nothing, nothing worked. Like all the, you know how you make a calculation and, you know, <laughs> in, I don't know, like in, back in school, I made this, you know, this equation and then they got to zero and I'm like, how did that get to zero again? Like, I did not get it. And um, I just started, I just started crying. I just, I like really, I broke down and cried uh, for the first time in my adult life, I remember. Um, and I, I couldn't figure it out. And after like, after this kind of like breakdown, I said to myself, okay, like, so, oh, that's great. You're crying. Yeah. You know, I can hear the, <laughs> like, you know, I can hear the music in the background and everything. That's great, Sagi, but what are you going to do about it? What are you, like, what's, what's next? Um, so I said, okay, I need to do something about it. And I said, I will reach out to any amazing entrepreneur that I know that can probably help me to people that will lift me up to people that are, I, that had the same story. So I reached out to, um, a couple of people. I reached out, uh, between those kinds of like four people, but two of them stood out. Like one of them is Jason Zook. Um, he's an amazing entrepreneur. Do you know Jason Zook? Yes, I do. Uh, amazing entrepreneur, um, amazing person. I, I'm, his, I'm in his uh, community now. It's called Wondering Aimfully Wayne. And um, so I, I just, you know, it's a paid membership site, but I, you know, he doesn't owe me anything. And I just like reached out to him, like Jason, uh, look, like I'm in, I'm in really a struggle. I'm in a pain. I, I need to know what I'm doing with my life. I don't have any money right now. I, I don't know how I'm going to make my next paycheck. So he's like, dude, let's hop and call. And he gave me two sessions of a one-hour call on Skype, like with no commitment, nothing, just like pure out of like giving. Um, and he really, really helped me. And he said like, this is, now you have to think about it as Sagi time. It's your time to do you. You have to do you. Um, and I remember that. I remember like, just, like, you need to leave your partner. You need to do everything by yourself. You need to just start over. You need to a fresh, a fresh, clean canvas. And I, I said, you're right. Um, and I decided to leave my partner. Um, and and um, at the same time, I reached out to Kelvin Wayman, who is someone I heard on JLD's podcast, Johnny Dumas' Entrepreneurs on Fire, which is also an amazing podcast. Um, and I listened to JLD interview Kelvin Wayman, this guy telling an amazing story. And that was, that was actually a half year before, like just before I went into like taking a loan and everything and started not making money. I just like, it was six months when I first listened to that episode and I remember just like uh, listening to Kevin tell his story and it was so amazing about coming out of debt. And he was also in debt. He got a coach. The coach got him out of debt. And um, I'm like, wow. So like that really, you know, and then he said he has a book and uh, the book is called Fish Out of Water. And I'm like, okay. So I stopped in the middle of, my, in, in, in the, middle of the road while hearing this interview with GLD. I just stopped. I, I downloaded the, the, the book. I bought the book. Um, and started listening to the book, Fish Out of Water. And that book is is amazing. And it really impacted me. And uh, hearing again, like Kelvin's story in that book was, just made me um, 
it may be just like want to find a coach. And I reached out to Kelvin and I'm like, Kelvin, like I'm an online entrepreneur. I know like there's not a lot in Israel of, of us and I'm struggling to find a coach. And he said, yeah, I can coach you. Um, so yeah, that first time he told me he can coach me, he gave me the price. I was kind of shocked. My whole family and, and my partner told me not to go for it. That was like a half year before everything went bad, but like, um, and I didn't go for it. I actually turned him down. <laughs> I said, no. And, um, now being in Devon and everything, and I'm like, okay, now I need to talk to Calvin again. And I talked to him. I didn't, I, I wasn't even knowing that I'm going to hire him as a coach. I was just like, um, I was just like, Kevin, I need help. And you're in my situation. Can, can you just, you know, give me like one hour of like, just talk to me. Um, and he told me, listen, I can talk to you or I can coach you and get you out of this. Like I can, I can help you like, but you, you need coaching. Um, and he gave me the price and the price went up by double. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, and he told me, he told me back then when I turned him down, one of the things he said was, listen, right now I'm just starting out. Like if you, but you know, if you reach out again, my price will probably double. And I reached out again and his price doubled. <laughs> just like he did. Um, and yeah, that was, that was crazy. And um, I remember just saying, okay, so, I don't have any money. I'm totally broke. I'm totally in debt. But what if I go into a little bit more debt and pay? Um, and, you know, and probably that will, what will help me succeed and get out of debt. And I felt it like I felt in my gut, but even back then I felt it in my gut um, that this is what would help me. And, and that's what I did. So I, I hired him as a coach, paid him the first initial payment, which also is part of it the plane ticket to Israel and he came to Israel. Um, he came to, from the U S he flew all of, all of like from the, from the U S to Israel. And we had a VIP day, uh, just like session. And, uh, really helped me build my vision. Um, we just built the vision and just asked me like, Hey, what do you want to do? Like it's a series of exercises that now I do also with my clients, but it's like, it's basically just building the vision based on a 10 year, uh, kind of like, um, 10 year reference and then like two years and then six months and then by the six month you go by one month and then one month you go by weeks and but the vision in general it ends up at six months having a vision which is so like it's close to you but still it's far away so it's like actionable you know that you know whatever you're saying right now should happen it's achievable in six months but it's probably stretching you so um, that's what we did and with that vision i started crushing it from day one like i it's magic. It's just like how it works. Um, because once you have a vision and you take action based on that vision, um, then it just, things start to happen. And, um, and that's when I launched my, my first course. Oh, thanks for that. Sydney. Wow. That's quite the story. Again, I just sitting there going, I just, with, (laughs) when it comes to money, it's like, wow, the decision to then go further in debt to, you know, ultimately achieve the goal that you're looking for. It's so impressive, just so impressive. I'm always amazed by that. So one of the things that you talk about a lot, you know, with respect to, you know, build, rebuilding your business is, you know, one being very successful at building the community um, and creating an online course, you know, that's really one of the cornerstones of, um, you know, building and selling a successful online course. So maybe if you have a couple of pieces of pieces of advice for our audience around, you know, building a community for their, their courses that they want to um, sell. Right. Um, so I know a lot of people listening to this or watching are, um, are wanting to launch an online course or wanting to launch a successful online course. 
first of all, I got to say, like, I'm not one of those people who launched, um, you know, 100K launches of online courses. Like, I'm not there yet. I mean, I maybe have made close to already 100K for my launches so far, but like, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not, my, uh, my launch was uh, um, 30K in two weeks for my online course and about 20K um, for my physical course, something like that. Um, and what I did as soon as I, as soon as I, um, I already had a community, like for, for, for me, when I was like, in, you know, building my vision, I was asking, okay, I want to, I need to find a client to work with in order to get money right away. And I need to launch something on my own. I need to continue that path on my own. I need to build myself up. And I said, what am I going to do? So I already have a community of Israelis designers. I have Israel's most popular design blog. So why don't I launch a course that will help them? And that way, you know, it would be, I needed to understand, like to think with myself, do I want to launch an online course or do I want to have it a physical course? Um, and at that time I was in touch with a, with a design college in Tel Aviv um, and I met with their founder and we were like, okay, let's, let's do a physical class here in Israel. Um, so I decided to launch a, a full-on advanced training for UI UX designers, um, which will teach them all, everything that I know and, and came up with as a designer, um, the, the skills that, I, that they need in order to succeed in the real world um, in, in working with top startups like Facebook, like, you know, um, Silicon Valley startups. And so I decided to launch that. But of course, even if you have a community, when you just say, hey, everybody have a course, come sign up for like three and a half K, like that, it doesn't work like that, right? Like people just don't pay $3,500 for, you know, just like out of the blue. Oh, okay, great. You have a course, I'll pay you. Um, it was, it was, I gave, so it goes by two things. Like one is the proper arrangements for the course itself. And it doesn't matter whether it's online or physical class. And the second thing is the value that you give before. And that's something pretty, pretty, um, um, important that I think not a lot of people get. People are like, I want to launch an online course, so I'll build the course and launch it. And I'm like, no, you just, you can't do that. It doesn't work like that. You need to have a community to launch to. So, and you need to hold on to your horses. You need to build your credibility in their minds. So first of all, what you have to do is, first of all, it's value. It's a value game. That's the first thing. The value that you give out is the value that you get back. And that's in every industry, the way I see it. Um, I also think that people work with you because you inspire them. And it doesn't matter whether you're a service-based business, you're an online business, you're a coach, you're like, it doesn't matter. People work with you because you inspire them. And you gave them value. And so value is the most important thing that I had going on for my community most of the time. And I was like, okay, so how am I, first of all, first of all, like, how am I going to give value with this course? Not just teach them what I want. How am I actually going to help them? Um, so now comes the part of the preparations. So what I did, um, I registered, uh, so there's something called the ask method. It's like an online thing. Like it's a, it's a way to ask and survey your audience um, to understand what they need. And I've also been doing, uh, so I, I surveyed them. I just sent a survey. Hey, what's, what is your biggest challenge as designers right now? Uh, and I, I understood their biggest challenges, their, their biggest fears. Um, and I understood also like where they stand kind of, like what, what's their ambitions and where they stand in their career right now. Um, so with the survey, I had some details, some raw details. But what is it? And that's like, um, you, can, you can call it like quantitative 
data, right? Because it's like many people just censoring a survey. But then I needed also the qualitative data. So in every part of research, you need quantitative and you need qualitative. So the qualitative data was basically just talking to my community. So I said, um, and each of, and every one of my weekly newsletters, I said, if you want to book a call with me just for free advice, you can book a community here. It was linked to a Calendly, uh, to my Calendly account. By the way, Calendly, an amazing tool uh, to book calls. And um, it was linked to my Calendly account and my Calendly account just like um, received, um, it was like half hour calls with people. So every Thursday I had two hours where I dedicated just to talking to my people, talking to my community. Even if it didn't give me anything, it gave them value. So I know like I'm giving value, it's karma, it's it's good thing. Like I'm helping my community. So I felt good about it. And um, I also got a lot of knowledge about, you know, how, what do they need? What are they really like, you know, that, uh, uh, is what they wrote in the survey correlated with what they're telling me, like over the phone? Um, and by that, you understand another great thing. You understand the language to use when you communicate it later in, right? You understand the language you use in your landing page after that. Because if you talk to the people and you're like starting to understand their language, you can talk their language um, and that would make perfect sense to anybody looking at the landing page because it's all about communication. Like when you have a landing page for your online course, you need to communicate exactly to your audience, like how they would love to communicate with you over a talk, over a conversation. So, um, so that's what I did. I surveyed my audience and then I, uh, I pre-launched it. I had nothing. I did not even have one lesson. I just had, I had a bullet list uh, down and I had a landing page that I put out. Um, the, the landing page wasn't perfect. And as a designer, not being perfect is very hard. Uh, but I, I, I had an unperfect landing page um, and, and it was just, start, it started, I started mailing my people and saying, hey, everybody, I'm launching a course. It, the first uh, thing, the first uh, session is going to happen. At, um, as, uh, it was 25th of October, 2000, and pretty much like a, a year ago. Where, um, where the date of my first class. And, um, and that's it. So I started, that was another like two months of like, or even more than of like intensive sales calls, intensive. Like that was like getting on the phone with people because it's a high ticket price. Like, so um, that was getting on the phone with people and like basically just trying to sell them my course. Like, hey, this is why I'm, you can benefit from this product. And there's other courses out there in the market. So I'm competing with this other people, like companies of courses that, uh, that they do classes of UI UX. And I'm, I'm competing now with like stuff that's in the industry. And I'm like, you know, everybody's like, okay, so that's your first course, right? Like, so how do we know it's going to be good? You know, and how do you know that you can teach? I mean, you're good with blogging. Can you teach? Um, and there's a lot of, and the, and the other Competitors, of course, they played on that, and they in their in their calls, and like, don't go to Sagi. He can he can teach. He can only blog. And like, it was it was massive. It was really intense. Um, so like, uh, two three months of sales, and that's another thing that people don't get. If you want to launch an online course, even if it's online, you need to know how to sell. Like, whether it's low ticket or whether it's high ticket, you need to know how to pitch, and um, and that's something that I kept in my mind. Um, I, I listened to Grant Cardone's, uh, Grant Cardone's like a, an author and a, and a motivational speaker and like a pretty successful entrepreneur. So he wrote a book called sell or be sold. And that's an amazing book. I really love it. And, uh, I just listen to it all the time. Like sell or be sold. Are you selling or are you being sold to? And whatever it is in any conversation, you're either being selling or you're being sold. 
And um, for instance, with our kids, right? We're always being sold something. <laughs> it's like that. Um, so, so, so um, I managed to to succeed with getting a full class of 22 people. That was like the cap limit on any class. I managed to succeed to book a full class for my first uh, batch. And then I started creating the course. And I just, you know, week by week, I created a new lesson for the course based on the bullet points that I had down. Um, and that's another thing that I always go by. It's commit first, carry out later, and work with every online course I had. Um, you pre-sale to understand if the market wants what you have to offer. You have to be very clear on what you're offering. Um, that's why I always have bullets of my class like mapped out. And that's what I can say I'm going to teach in, in the landing page. And it correlates with what I create. But I have no class created, no script, no presentation, nothing. Um, so, so that's what, what I did. I, that's what I do with everything I, almost I launch. I just commit first and then I carry it later. Um, and something a lot of entrepreneurs do as well. I mean... I interviewed so many entrepreneurs that just exactly like that. Just like, you know, um, Jason Zook talks about it. Um, who, um, Grant Cardone talks about it in his book, 10X Rule. Uh, like just, uh, so that's what I did. And then a couple months later, what I did is even like two months later, two months into that first batch, I took the first part of the course and I, I got some feedback that some people thought it was like, you know, it shouldn't be like as class as classes in the course. And I was like, but that's the most important thing. It's the base of all design. It's my principles that I put together of how to design well. So, and it's principles that it took me like five years. I was like, like in the past five years, I put together as I made workshops and I taught other people and I mentored other designers. I'm like, okay, I'm going to take those design principles and make them into their own course. And that's going to be an online course upselling into the main course. Um, so that's what I did. I, I took those out. Um, uh, I created an online course, which again, had no content in it. I just pre-launched it. I created a landing page that was launched by, um, it should have been launched by January. I didn't stand up to my goals, but I launched it by uh, February. And, um, and it had pretty much the same landing page, but it was a more, a more of a, because it was an online course and kind of like, this was something that should be sold cold. Um, like when I say cold, I mean like, you know, people get to it from an email and now they should buy it. It's not like get on the call with me and I'll sell you. It's people should buy it off the bat. And um, so I, I was pretty perfectionist about the landing page. That's why I launched it in February and not in January. And because it's a course for designers, the design had to be <laughs> good. Um, so it took me time. And, and then when I launched it, um, it did, um, that was 30K in two weeks of, yeah. of sales. I think we're going to have to end the podcast part of the show, but we're going to continue the discussion with Seigi. Um, we should be able to see on the WP Tonic website and our YouTube channel. So, Seigi, how can people um, find out more about you and what you're up to, Seigi? Yeah, so right now, um, first of all, if you're into design, I, uh, I I translated the whole the whole course. So basically, it's like you can catch me at... Um, you can find uh, designprinciples.co uh, and that's that's the course right now. Um, I would love to also set up, uh, you know, the discount for your audience and everything. We think we can talk about that and um, that would be nice. And the second thing is I have a community of entrepreneurs, creative entrepreneurs, where I teach everything that I'm doing right now. Um, and that's called Mindful and Ruthless. And that's also my new podcast. 
It's called Mindful and Ruthless. And I, I, love, I love the name, yeah. Sagi. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's, this is, these are the principles that basically got me out of that, got me like, once I started being mindful, really mindful of what I'm doing and ruthless with my gut feeling, then uh, success started to happen. So yeah, it's Mindful and Ruthless on Facebook. It's a community of creative entrepreneurs uh, wanting to build an online brand. I'm talking about, I, I'm basically sharing everything that I'm doing, including even like how, how much I make from stuff. Um, and also I have a weekly podcast there uh, where I interview amazing entrepreneurs. So interviewed Pat Flynn, interviewed um, amazing people. So, yeah. That's great. And Cindy, how can people find more about you and what you're up to, Cindy? Yeah, so if you're thinking about putting together an online course and aren't really sure of how to structure and put it all together, um, you can reach out to me at uh, thecoursewhisperer.com. That's great, Cindy. And uh, we'll be back next week. Um, we've got a fantastic guest for next week. Uh, he's, uh, I'm going to keep it a little bit of a secret, but uh, put it this way, he's got, well, I think he's all got about over half a million subscribers to his YouTube channel. So um, he's only slightly successful. Um, so you, I'm going to keep it a little secret, but you'll be able to um, listen to that next week. Um, we'll be back soon, folks, with another great episode where we'll be talking to somebody that can help you build a great course in WordPress and get the success that you're looking for. We'll see you next week, folks. Bye. Thanks for listening to WP Tonic, the podcast that gives you a spoonful of WordPress medicine twice a week.